He's got a knot sticking out of his forehead like a unicorn, okay? And he goes, I can't practice. I blocked a shot last night and I got high sticked in the head. I'm like, you had me until, yeah, I blocked a shot. Like, you never blocked a shot in your career. You're going to use that one. I just jumped out into the crowd and started running towards them. So they got the puck. All of a sudden, I got rolled over. Here's Kretzky at the line. Oh, he hit. Kretzky really bounced by McCreary, and he is hurt. It was his last shift in the NHL. <laughs> Never played really? again. Don't you ever let that bird stand in your crease. If he's there, you run him the f- over. He was oh. a beauty. I'm James Duffy, and this is Beauties, Hockey's Greatest Untold Stories, the podcast based on the book of the same name, which is now available. We're not going to share all of the book's stories on the pod, just a few. Today's tale, Holy. One day during his superstar prime, Brett Hall pulls up to the arena in St. Louis. There's a new security guard at the ramp into the garage where the players park. Hull has no pass with him. The guard says, can I help you, sir? He said, I don't think so. Are you with the Blues, the guard presses? Hull doesn't hesitate. I am the fucking Blues. Just drives right down the ramp, <laughs> pulls up to the thing, guys are talking. <laughs> Some guy just blew by security, and then it's Brett Hall, it's Brett Hall. And then you hear a guy go, am I fired? I guess he didn't recognize Brett at the top of the ramp. Kelly Chase rides shotgun for six years of those legendary hullisms. He's Brett's best friend and roommate on the road during their time in St. Louis. Whoever first paired the two gave us all a gift. Chase is a brilliant storyteller, and in their time together, Hully hands him a Harry Potter-length collection of tales. On January 9, 1990, the Blues are playing in Los Angeles, one of the NHL players' favorite towns for going out after games. The Kings scored a tie at 3-3, six minutes into the third period. St. Louis coach Brian Sutter doesn't trust the golden Brett in his own end at this particular moment, so Hull is glued to the bench. With a minute left, Sutter sends out his checking unit, Bob Basson, Dave Lowry, and Rich Sutter, Brian's brother. The Green Beret line. Hull has had enough. And Hully just jumped over the boards, and he went to the face-off, and uh, Richie goes, Hully, you're up, and Hully goes, fuck off, Richie. And he won't turn around to the bench, and everyone's yelling, Hully, Hully. He won't turn around and face it and acknowledge our bench. He won't acknowledge it. He's just like sour because he's been on the bench. So finally, the referee, and I think it was Coho, said, listen, somebody off the ice. Like, you're going to get too many men on the ice. Let's get going here. Somebody off. So Richie leaves the ice, and Hully, the puck drops, and we lose the draw, and here comes L.A., and they're swarming us, and he's just doing loops. <laughs> like, literally, like, like he's not trying even, but puck goes off the left wing wall. He's through the middle of the ice and gets it behind the D. He shoots and it's like, it just goes like a bullet. And it's 3-2 Blues and there's like 10 seconds left in the game. Hull doesn't even let anyone congratulate him. He just skates over to the bench, hops over the boards, and says in his perfect sarcastic Hully voice, Like we're playing overtime in L.A. (laughs) On the Blues bench, Chase is sitting next to Dave Tomlinson who'd just been called up from the minors. Tomlinson turns to him and says, Does it, did that happen? Did that just happen? It's happened. I go, that happens a lot. It actually happens a lot. 
The moment is peak Hully in both personality and performance. He scores 72 goals that season, 86 the next. Brian Sutter is such an intense guy, and you can tell he's so mad at Hully for not obeying orders. Now he wins him the game, and I could just see Brian just steaming mad. He wanted to strangle him, and there's nothing you could do about it because he was so damn good. Brett Hull is half hilarious, half ruthless. One game, Nathan Lafayette is up on the boards, ready to replace him at the end of a five-minute power play. Hully's been on forever, and Bob Barry is the coach, Chase says. Nathan's been waiting for almost two minutes. Finally, we got Hully to consider looking at the bench to come off, and he looked up and he goes, Bob, not him, and just skates back into the play and leaves Nathan Lafayette sitting on the edge of the boards. That legendary lip would occasionally get Hull in trouble not just on the ice. Actually, we had a gun pulled on us in St. Louis one time, and he said something to some guy, and the guy pulled a gun out of a car in St. Louis on the street. He pulled, the guy pointed it out the window, and we're both looking. I go, shut your mouth right now. Shut up. Don't say another word. Because knowing him, the way he was, he went, go ahead, try it. And the guy would have laid us both out. And I'm like, don't you say a word. Don't you say one freaking word. Right? I'm mumbling it under my breath. But Hully has street smarts. He says, don't worry, Chaser, just keep walking. And then the light changes and the guy pulls away. One of the few times Chase has ever seen a guy shut Hully up. Chaser and Hully usually go out together on the road. But when the Blues are in Alberta, Hull is on his own. Chase's family comes to the game and he hangs out with them afterwards. I got in before him and I'm, I'm, I get ready for bed. I jump in bed and I'm like, I hear the key lock. So I'm going to pretend I'm sleeping because I know if he knows I'm awake, he, every night after the games we get home, he want to talk about the game and what was going on. So I'm going to sleep or he's going to open a mini bar and then we're up all night, right? So I'm pretending I'm sleeping and he comes in and he's had a few, you know, so I can tell and I'm kind of chuckling to myself. But of course I can see in the dark because I've been in the dark sitting there well, he comes in and he looks around the corner and he sees that I'm pretending I'm sleeping. He sees that I'm there and he's like, well, you know, kind of like, okay, now I got to be quiet. Holy's trying to be quiet, but he's struggling to get undressed. And he catches his thumb in his sock and he starts bouncing across the floor and he just drills the TV. And he's down in front of the TV and he's holding his face. Chase is trying so hard to be quiet, but he can't stop laughing. He's dying. Hit his head, like, just smoked his big tube TVs at the time. I'm just like, oh my God. Paul pulls himself up and stumbles to the bathroom to assess the damage. I can see him looking at his head in the bathroom and he's got this growth on his head. Like, it, it's, it's unbelievable, right? He finally shuts the light off and now he's trying to find his way back to the bed. He comes around the corner and he's going to land this fall into his bed for the night. He catches the edge of the bed, he just leg just whips the wall and he's down holding his ankle and he's just going, ah, oh, like this. Well, I mean, I am dying laughing right at this point. I'm howling. The next morning, the Blues have practice before flying out of town. Chase tries to revive his sleepy, wounded roommate. I open the curtains, let's go. He's not moving, I'm moving. Finally, I go, Haas, get out of bed. We gotta go, dude, come on. And I kind of yank on the car, so he gets, he sits up, and he goes to get up, and he takes a step, and his ankle is swollen up, and he kind of limps, and he goes, oh, and he runs his hand through his hair, and he's got a knot sticking out of his forehead like a unicorn, okay? And he goes, I can't practice. I blocked a shot last night, and I got high-sticked in the head. I'm like... <laughs> You fucking me! You hit your head on the TV and leg whipped the wall when you come in, you drunk ass. And he goes, ha, 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 gets in the shower, doesn't say another word. We never talked about it again until my 39th birthday. 
After another game on the road, Chase gets a double dose of Holly when Brett's dad, Bobby, goes out with them. The trio get back to their hotel, the Drake in Chicago, about 2 a.m. There are no rooms left for Bobby, so he's going to bunk with Brett and Kelly. The Drake has this elderly gentleman working the elevators, all dressed up with white gloves on. The door opens, this gentleman is 90, if he's not 95, and he and Bobby Hall goes, good, good evening, young man. <laughs> and this guy recognizes it's Bobby Hall right away, and he goes, Mr. Hall. And he goes, yes, sir, push one. And Brett goes, we're on three. He goes, push one. Brett goes, Dad, we're on three. Like, he goes, God damn it, I said push one. So he pushes one. He goes, hold the door. And Brett's like, what? He's sitting there. What the fuck are you doing? Like, let's go here. Let's go. And he goes, what's he doing? And I, I don't know. So we're just sitting there, sitting there, and he's yelling, what are you doing? And he come, the next thing you know, he comes in with this food tray. He's got like a quarter of a club a couple chicken wings, piece of pizza. And he goes, wasteful bastards. This is how Stan and I ate in the old days. He took the even floors, I took the odd. And I'm like, what? So I'm like, there's my hero, Bobby Holly's eating off the food trays in the hallway, right? So we get to the room, I'm like, Jesus Christ. I'm like, so I, I hustle into the bathroom, I brush my teeth and everything. So when the cot comes up, I'm at the door, I pull out the cot, I make the bed real quick and I fire in the bed because Bobby goes, get out of there, you got games. I said, no, and I'm like, as if I'm gonna, well, Bobby Hall is gonna sleep on the cot. I'm gonna sleep on a cot, right? He goes in the bathroom and he comes out and he goes, pulls his rug off and he sets it on the bedpost and I'm like, oh my God. He's eating off the food trays. Now he's got his hair hanging on the bedpost somewhere. I'm like, fuck. What a way, what a way to meet you, right? Nice to meet you, sir. <laughs> Chaser and Hully could be its own six-season Netflix show. But Chase is careful not to let the comedy overshadow the career. He's the greatest player I ever played with. Just unbelievable. You never went to a big game and ever worried about whether Brett Hall was going to show up to be a competitor or play hard. Never, ever, ever. He, and the beating he took with aluminum sticks so he could score in front of the net and tip things. And guys were hammered on guys. That was a tough league, right? And he would never go into the training room. He hated it. He would just put a heat pack on his back and sit on the floor, stretching and doing crossword puzzles. He'd come in and go, can't make the club in a tub, boys. Get out of there. And turn around and walk out of the training room. Didn't want to be in there. Chase says Hull could have scored so many more goals. He wouldn't score empty netters for the longest time. He felt like they were tainted. You know, he didn't score any empty net goals in the first, when he scored 86. He didn't score any empty net goals. He didn't have any shorthand goals. So like, Gretz had 13 and nine. Hull had zero and zero. So the fact that he wouldn't shoot the puck in the empty net when he's trying to break a record, like it's, it's an all-time record, and he didn't do it. He wouldn't do it. He, he actually threw the puck out in front to Tom Tilly, who had no goals. It was like whatever game it was, 50 or 49, and Till's got the empty net goal. It was like it was a thing that he believed in his head that was a respect for a record, and he was going to do it without empty net goals. That was how he felt, so he did it. And then he did it. The next night, he just scored two, and then and, we, and he had it. It was just like, are you shitting me? Past the hall, he shoots, he scores! And he never wanted to score more than three in a game. Because he said that I'll end up having some little asshole trailing me all over the ice like they did to my dad. I'm not going to have somebody shadowing me because I embarrass a team. So he wouldn't score more than three goals at that time either. Which is crazy when you think of the goals. Like, he could... Two things. If Adam Oates would have stayed, he'd have another 250 goals, Okay. 
And if he would have shot the puck in empty nets or tried to score when he had three already, at the start of his career, it wouldn't have been fair. Like, he was so good. It was just, that's the way it was going for him. Hall finished with 751. He would have to leave St. Louis to win his two Stanley Cups with Dallas in 1999 and Detroit in 2002. But he eventually returns to the Blues organization and is front and center during their remarkable run from last place to cup champs in 2019, gifting Chase with another volume of holy stories. They get backstage for the rally after the parade. And I look and I realize he's got the tequila going early. I'm like, uh-oh. He goes, I'm going on stage. I go, Haas, hold on a second. He goes, nah, bullshit, I'm going on stage. You know I'm not talking, right? They didn't let me talk. And I, he goes, I'm going. I go, you shouldn't go up there right now. But I don't give a shit. So I just, I kind of watch him. And the cops go, hey, Holly. And they go to stop me. He goes, easy, guys. And he, then they, of course, they're not going to say anything to him. He's been doing whatever he can for the St. Louis Police Department for as long as he's been there. So they just let him go on stage. Security just lets him go. He goes over and grabs a microphone from Curbs. Curbs goes, it's Brett Hall. I'm not stopping him, right? He strolls on stage, holding a beer and wearing a T-shirt that reads Ric Flair Drip with a photo of Hall giving someone the finger in the stands during the cup final. Chase says it was one of Hall's buddies a section over. You know the rest. Instead of saying, let's go, Blues, we're going to say, we went, Blues! We went, Blues! Tequila-driven gibberish, or pure poetry. It's a fine line. Backstage, a nervous blues executive is urging Chase to give Hull the hook. I go, I'm not going up. Can you imagine? I, you guys all saw it. Can you imagine if I went up on top of that all and give him the hook? How embarrassed? Like, people would be like, well, you, why did you pull Hully off? Or they would have said, that was embarrassed. And I would have said, I'm embarrassed. I, you know, I'm trying to embarrass him. I'm thinking, it's going to stop eventually. Then he started singing Gloria. Glory, Gloria. 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 I think I got your number, Gloria! It would get mixed reviews, but only a good one from Holly's old roomie. But the funny thing about it is, St. Louis, no one gives a shit. Everyone's like, that was so great. We've waited this long. And he was on a show the other day, and I heard the guy played it to me. He goes, this is epic. And he said something like, well, what the hell do people expect? He goes, Chaser and I have been telling you guys for 30 years, if they ever win the cup there, it'll be the biggest party that city's ever seen. He goes, it was the biggest party they ever seen, and I was a part of it. Who gives a shit? What'd you expect out of me? Hull doesn't care what people think. He never has. That's what makes him holy, Chase says. That's what makes him a legend. Beauties is written by me, James Duffy, and produced by Christoph Mamona with the support of TSN and Bell Media. The book Beauties is available wherever you get your books. I think you'll like it. And don't forget to listen to our after show, Rubber Beauties, with the cast of the Rubber Boots podcast. You can find it where you find the Rubber Boots pod. Beauties. They call them beauties, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They play that game their own way. Cause they're beautiful.